morning, everyone. How are you guys doing? Good, good. How many of you have watched Encanto already? Raise your hand. I'm about to ruin it for the rest of you guys because you're going to get all the spoilers this morning. And Debbie was like, should we send out a message to let people know to watch it before we do this message? I'm like, that's on them. You know what I mean? Like, we've been telling y'all that we're going to do this movie. My name is Aaron Castellanos. I'm one of the, the campus pastors here at NCC. And it's such an honor, as always, to be able to share the Word of God with you guys this morning. Such awesome faces here this morning, by the way. And I've got some personal guests that I'm so glad they're here with me today. Hey, let me pray with you guys as we get started today. Father, I thank you, Lord, and uh, I thank you, God, that your presence is in this place. And Father, I thank you that you can speak to, through so many different things, God, so many different vessels. Um, and Father, I just thank you that your word comes alive to us this morning. Lord, as we go into this message, I pray that we receive something, God, that will not only just go in through one ear and out the other, but, but God, that is deeply ingrained in us, God that you solidify your truth in our hearts this morning, God, that you begin to change the way that we think, God, so that our actions begin to change. Father, we recognize this morning that we cannot do a single thing without the power of your Holy Spirit. We're in need of your presence, God, today. So I pray that you fill this place with your presence. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So I'm going to be honest with you guys this morning, as I hope I always am. Um, I've been following Jesus for quite some time. I would say that a defining moment for me was when I was 16 years old. I felt that God was calling me. I surrendered my life to him, and I basically said, Lord, however you want to do it, like do it. Everything that I am is yours, God. But how many of you know that even if you've been following Jesus for quite some time, there are still things that pop up that remind us of how much we need him? Come on, can we be honest this morning? Some things are big and some things are small. Some things are great and some things are petty. And for me, one of those things till this day that I still struggle with is getting skipped when I'm in a line. Can anybody be honest with me today? You're at the grocery store, right, in the self-checkout line. You've got your stuff, and all of a sudden, somebody tries to scoot in and just stand next to you, and all you're thinking is, do they not see that the line starts back here? And I'd love to tell you that I've always handled it the right way, but when I get skipped, I'm like, ma'am, excuse me, the line is back here. Or how about this one? You're on the highway, on Highway 635, going over to 30, right? And that one part that backs up every single time. And what happens? You want to do things right, you're waiting in line, and then you've got those cars that scoot in right as the exit is about to turn. And they got their signal light on, and they're expecting you to let them in, right? What do y'all do? Be honest. You speed up and act like you don't see them, right? You don't make eye contact with them. What is it about getting skipped that bothers us so much? And these things are comical and they're minor compared to bigger issues in life. Like the times, and I don't know about you, but the times that I've asked myself, God, did you skip me when you handed out calling and when you handed out talent? Has anybody ever felt that way? The, the movie that we're focusing on today is Encanto, and Encanto, the key character in the movie is Mirabel, and Mirabel is born into a family where it appears that everyone but her has a gift, and so this, uh, this clip you're about to watch, she's being questioned, what is your gift, and watch how she handles it. So throughout the movie, Mirabel wrestles with that question, why, do not I why don't I have a gift? Did I get skipped when it comes to gifts? 
And I know it's hard for you to believe this, but I've had moments in my life where I've asked God, God, did you skip me? Maybe you've had moments where you've asked God the same question. And I want to share something with you guys this morning that has helped me to understand that God has not skipped me. And I want to share just some personal experience, how I've been able to get to the point where I've realized God has gifted me. It just may look different than other people's, right? Look at 1 Peter 4.10, I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter 10, verse 10 through 11, chapter 4, verse 10 through 11. Clearly, staying passages are not my gift. So look at this, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 through 11. All right, here we go. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Let's stop for just a second there. Did God skip you? The answer is found here, that God has given each of you, each of you, that implies you, every single person in this place and those that are not even in this room right now, God has given them a gift. God did not skip you. And then it says his great variety of spiritual gifts. That means that there's a variety of gifts and every gift may look different. It says use them well to serve one another. When I was younger and I would approach God and ask him, God, show me what I'm talented in. Show me what I'm gifted in. The root of that question or sometimes the uh, I would say the, the, the purpose behind me going to God and asking that question was so that I could impress other people and show them, see, I'm special too, right? Or God, show me what I'm gifted in so that I can run off and do some cool things, get all the praise and recognition and so on. But the older that I've gotten and the more that I've dug into the word of God, I see that the purpose of our gift, one of the primary purposes, is to serve others. Your gift is not just about you. And then it says, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. In other words, whatever you're gifted in, don't hold back. Give it your all. Then everything you do, I love this part, everything you do, once we step into the gift that God has given us, everything we do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. When we step into the area that God has gifted us in, we will glorify God. And then it says, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So we've established a few things from that one passage. Number one, God did not skip us. Number two, our gifts will look different because God has a variety of gifts that he gives. And number three, the purpose of our gift, one of the primary purposes, is to serve one another. But it's interesting how many times I've gotten discouraged and distracted when it comes to this topic of gifts. When I get discouraged, what ends up happening is shortly after I get distracted from God's calling on my life. And I've realized that there are two primary things that can discourage and distract us. And if you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, comparison can discourage and distract us. See, we're uniquely created by God. We're not meant to look the same or be the same. And when we compare ourselves to others, it robs us of our joy. And we start to think that something is wrong with us. So what happens is we get discouraged and we get distracted from what God is calling us to do. As I was reflecting and putting together this message, I thought I should be the last person that should have struggled with this topic here of what is my gift and what am I talented in, and God, have you called me? 
Because I look back throughout my life and my parents, my family will remind me here and there how when I was a toddler, in the middle of service, the pastor was preaching and they see my parents and I was sitting on, on my mom's lap and the pastor says, hey, can you bring your son to us for just a second? And so they bring me to the front to the altar and she says that the pastor started to speak over me and he said, hey, I don't know what it is, but God has a big calling for him as a toddler. God has a great calling for him. He's going to do great things. God's going to use him to do great things. And she said that he took my hands and he anointed my hands with oil. And then later on, I was a little older and I still have the picture when I was asked to lead a big kids service where multiple kids ministries had come together to our church and I was asked to host. And I had no fear of public speaking whatsoever. Some of y'all want your house to burn down before you speak in public, right? That was not me. And then I look back and I see how God had called me to, to ministry at a very young age. And I was in leadership at a very young age, just learning from personal experience and being discipled by the people around me. But even then, I still struggled with God, what God had called me to because I was comparing myself to other people. I walked past what God had given me as a gift because I was so focused on what someone else has. What God-given gifts are you walking past because you're spending so much time comparing yourself to others? What are those gifts that God has given you, but you're looking past it because you're saying, yeah, but I don't have that, and I wish I could sing, right? How many of us pray, God, can you give me a voice so I can sing? It's not going to happen if you don't have it now. Let me just tell you, okay? Or playing an instrument or all these different things. We spend so much time comparing ourselves that we're walking past the very things that God says, this is what I've gifted you in. The second thing that I believe can discourage and distract us is culture. Our culture has a way of elevating certain gifts. And the culture will tell you that unless you're talented in this one area, then you're not gifted. But what I've learned is that God's definition of a gift and culture's definition of a gift are very often two different things. Look at the verse that we just read in 1 Peter 4.11 as an example. It says, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. I love that the Bible mentions two things that in most people's eyes and even in culture's eyes would appear as ordinary, not even a gift. Helping others, really that's a gift? It is. Some of you have an amazing way that you're able to see the needs of other people, and immediately your mind starts running and thinking, how can I meet this need? Who can I connect with? What connections do I have to provide for this family? What connections do I have so that they don't go hungry, so that they can get gas in their car, so that their bill is paid, so that their kids have what they need as school is taking off? If you have the gift of helping others, then do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. God's definition of a gift and culture's definition of a gift is very often two different things. And if we depend on culture to define what a gift is, then we'll live on a roller coaster of emotions. When culture says that you're valuable, you'll be up. But when culture says you're not valuable, you'll be down. And it's just this constant roller coaster of up and down. Every now and then what I do is I do something called a social media detox, right? Where I just have to pull away and just get away from Instagram and get away from Facebook 
Guys, one of the wisest things that we can do is understand the season that we're in and understanding what voices we need to cut out in that season. It's not that Facebook or Instagram in and of itself is a bad thing, but sometimes we're in seasons where we're saying, God, I'm getting more discouraged just watching what other people have and what lifestyle they're living and what I'm lacking, that God, in this moment, I'm recognizing I'm not strong enough, God, to have these voices in my life, so I need to separate myself for just a second. We need to take a detox. Why? Because culture and social media a lot of times will make you feel like your life sucks. I don't have a certain lifestyle. I don't have a certain body type. I don't own a specific item, whether it's a car or a sneaker. Or I'm not eating at this exact restaurant that that person is right now. You know how people take pictures of their food, right? Come on, some of you are guilty of that. Let's be honest. And you're at home for breakfast eating cornflakes with no sugar. Do you all remember growing up and eating cornflakes with no sugar? Like my, I don't know if this was my parents' way of telling me that we were broke. We wouldn't buy frosted flakes. Our flakes were not frosted. We had to frost our own flakes. <laughs> so we would buy the normal like cornflakes box and then put sugar on it, right? And what ends up happening? Once you eat all the cereal, you've got this pile of sugar that's sticking at the bottom and you're drinking milk and sugar. Sugar milk. But it's interesting how in a moment you could wake up, be happy, be joyful, and all of a sudden you see a post on social media and you start to think, my life sucks right now. They're eating pancakes. They got the diced potatoes with the garnish on the side. The scrambled eggs look all fluffy. And then they got the bacon with the honey drizzled. Like, I mean, it just goes on and you're like, and here I am eating flakes with no sugar. Sometimes we need to pull away from certain voices so that we can start to hear the voice of God. And here's my question. Is, is the voice of God the louder voice in your life right now? Or is it the voice of culture that is constantly reminding you of what you lack? If we're not careful, comparison and culture will discourage and distract us. So we've understood God has given you a gift. We've understood that your gift may look different. And we've understood that the purpose of our gift is one of the primary purposes is to serve one another. So once we understand that, could it be that right now you're already walking in your gift, but you don't even realize it? Take a look. Mirabel was already walking in her gift, you guys. as She's walking with Antonio and giving him the courage to step up and step into his gift. And as you watch the movie, we see all throughout the movie how she's giving courage to those that are afraid, how she's uniting that which has been divided, how she's bringing joy to her family. But when our gifts look different, it's easy to walk past them. See, our gifts are different, but our mission is the same. In Encanto, there's a key character, Bruno, but we don't talk about Bruno, right? If you watch the movie, that song's going to get stuck in your head. And Bruno is Mirabel's uncle. And because his gift has been misunderstood and he's been misunderstood, he becomes the outcast of the family and is kicked out of the family. And so what happens, it's very sad. I mean, the whole movie really gets your feelings. Like, it's like, oh my goodness, there's so many different lessons here, right? But Bruno lives behind the, the walls of the Madrigal house. 
And you'll, you'll get a glimpse here in just a second how Mirabel is able to see how much Bruno loves. He longs to be back into the family. And he's watching through a crack how the family is united and they're having dinner and they're eating lunch and breakfast and being a family. And he's just standing there watching behind the scenes. Take a look. Our gifts are different, but our mission is the same. And here's our mission is to be able to reconcile people far from God back to him. In 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 21, I want to read this and we'll break it down together. It says, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We were brought back to God, and now our mission is to bring others to God. And that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. Jesus made a way for us to come back to God, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Everybody say reconciliation not a word that we may use on a daily basis, but what it means is that we've been made right with God through Jesus, so now we have the message to take to the world to say you can be reconciled back to God. It says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let me break it down to you guys for just a second here. We were born into a story that has been going on way before you entered this earth. And that story is that of reconciling humanity back to God. God bringing his people back to him, his most beautiful creation, you and I, humanity. He's bringing us back to him. So God is a holy God. He has no sin. And when sin entered the world through the fall of Adam and Eve, there was a separation. Nobody has to tell us that we're sinful. We wake up in the morning and we're reminded that we're sinful. We know our mistakes. And those things that we've committed have separated us from God. This separation between God and us and a separation between each other even. Something beautiful was broken when sin entered the world. Because God is a just God. And he doesn't allow sin to go unpunished. A price had to be paid. We deserve the punishment for our sins that we committed. We deserve to be separated from him. But here's the gospel. The good news is that Jesus Christ took the punishment of our sin upon himself on the cross. The price has been paid. The price has been paid. Some of y'all need to be reminded of this. The price has been paid. Quit beating yourself up. The price has been paid. Quit walking around in shame. The price has been paid. Quit letting your past haunt you. The price has been paid. Quit letting your mistakes rob you of joy. The price has been paid. Jesus paid the price on the cross. And so Jesus reconciles us back to God and puts us in right relationship with the holy God. Once we give our life to Jesus, then now we say, God, I understand what my gifts are. Use them, God, to reconcile people back to you. Our gifts are different, but our mission is the same. Our prayer should be today, God, use what you've given me to be a part of bringing the Brunos of my life back to you. God, use what you've given me, God, to bring the one back to you. And so Mirabel at the end finally steps into her calling. The family is able to recognize her gift of reconciliation through her. And the family is brought back together. 
when I see this clip, I can't help but wonder what amazing things God wants to do through us when we step out into obedience into the calling that he has for our lives. What can God do through you when you bring your gift? I was putting together this message, and I realized how, amaz- how amazing the people in our church are. And how you see people glorifying God through the gift that God has given them. I thought specifically of Joseph. Joseph Rodriguez. If you walk around, you can see Joseph's hand on different areas of our church because God has given him the gift of working with his hands. From touching up paint, to fixing tile, to getting the Frog Academy going, to, you know, setting up the kitchen for the school. Guys, it took me three days to install a dishwasher. That is not my gift. Pausing and playing on YouTube, right? But Joseph has the gift. One of his gifts is to work with his hands. And some of you may be thinking, I have the gift of working with my hands. I'm a pretty handy person. Then use it and glorify God. I think of Gabe Escamilla, who this week I was putting together that photo booth out there. And I could not figure out how to put together the flowers and glue them up there, right? And I was stressing out. I told Debbie, I said, I got to step away from this, right? Gabe happened to be here, and I said, Gabe, do you mind helping me with this? This is what I'm trying to do. I sent him a picture. Within minutes, he was texting me, and he's like, how does that look? He's using his gift of creativity and, and working with his hands to glorify God. I think of Dean and Suzanne. Where are you guys? They're part of our welcome team, and there's not one Sunday where I walk in and you can tell they don't want to be here. Their smile and their welcoming spirit makes me want to be here, and I can only imagine what it does for a new person walking in through those doors when they come in contact with you guys, that you're taking the load of having to worry about the coffee or greeting someone or taking attendance. Those things may seem small, but you're being faithful with the areas that God has gifted you in. And I think of the many new kids workers who are back there right now. When I go and pick up my kids, you guys don't see them sometimes. You don't know their names. But they have such a great attitude and a a great spirit that I feel safe in leaving my kids with them. And I can focus on being in here. What can God do through you if you bring your gift? And here's the question that I want to leave you with this morning. What gift has God given you that you've been holding back? What gift has God given you that you've been holding back? I want to challenge you today to bring it to him. If you call NCC your home, serve here and watch what God begins to do. So it would not be fair of me to get you all excited and worked up but not give you an action step, right? So we're going to put the serve link up there. And this link is available. If you write it down, you can go to our website right now, and it's going to give you pretty much every single area of our church where there's an opportunity for you to serve. I'm going to make some of y'all uncomfortable right now, but that's okay. You can get mad at God. Don't get mad at him. God did not create you to show up and just sit in a chair. God did not create you to just keep coming to NCC for years, receive a message, and think that's enough. Here's why, because when you start to step out and you start to be obedient with the gift that God has called you to step into, not being someone else, being you, 
you're going to see how amazing it is, how God's going to use you to impact other people that I won't be able to impact. And the body of Christ will be better because of you. And MCC will continue to grow to advance God's kingdom because of you. When you step into your gift. And so I encourage you guys, make a note of that. If you're interested, talk to us and say, hey, I want to figure out where I can serve. If it's the welcome team, if it's parking lot greeters, if it's getting the coffee ready, if you want to work with kids, if you want to work with youth, if you want to help Pastor Joseph fix up the facility and say, hey, I'll help you work on some things, some doors, right? Paint here and there, drill and screw and all those different things. I don't even know the words because that's how bad I am at working with my hands. We will show you a place where you can bring your gift and glorify God through it. So I want to pray with you guys this morning. If you could go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes. The first thing I want to do this morning is I want to talk to you right now who feels like you can relate to the Brunos of the movie, right? You feel away from God. You feel separated from him. And the fact that you're hearing today that Jesus has made a way for you to be reconciled to God, to have a relationship with him, you know that that's you. And the time for you to surrender your life to him is right now. He's not waiting for you to have it all together. He's not waiting for you to check off a few Sundays off your list of holy things to do until you're finally worthy of his salvation. No, he's saying right now where you're at in this moment, I'm calling you. I'm drawing you to me. I know what you've seen growing up, and I know that you may have been hurt, but God is saying to you right now, that's not me. Hear me out. That's not me. What you saw in the church growing up, that's not me. Get to know me for who I am. I'm calling you back home. And so the Bible says that if we believe with our hearts and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that that's how we are saved. And we want to give you that opportunity right now. We're not going to ask you to stand up or walk to the front. We're simply going to ask you to have a conversation with God right there in your seat. If you know that you do not have a relationship with him, with everyone joining, repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Take it, Lord. Forgive me of my sins, God. Purify me. Make me clean. God, teach me how to live for you. Give me strength every day to follow you. I make this decision right now to make you Lord of my life. Thank you. Amen. Can we give it up for those that are making that decision right now? The Bible says that the angels are rejoicing right now in heaven because the one that was lost has come home. And so what we want to do is we want to just give you some next steps here. We're not calling you to give your life to Jesus and then do this on your own. We have a new life team who wants to walk alongside you. So if you made that decision this morning and you're saying, hey, I prayed that prayer and I meant it, could you do us a favor? Could you scan the QR code on the screen right now? And that'll take you to a page where we'll connect you with someone and they can walk you through some next steps. Um, Or talk to one of us out there in the lobby and we'll make sure that we walk you through some next steps. 
Now, the next thing I want to do with you guys as we close today, and this is the final step, right underneath your chair, if you can grab the card that says the one, we've been doing this every single week, and man, we're starting to see God move and work. Has anybody started to see that? We're starting to see God bring people that have been prayed for and, and people that, that, that others have been thinking about. We're starting to see God bring them into the family. And so if there's someone right now that you're like, hey, I know that there's someone in my life, whether it's a coworker, a family member, someone that's close to you that you know they don't have a relationship with Jesus or they don't have a community to plug into, we're going to encourage you to write their names down and this week be praying for them. That's all we're asking you to do. You don't have to write down their address or their social security number, nothing like that. Just write their name down and there's a bucket on the way out on that black table where you could just drop it in there. And every single week we're praying for these people. And we're believing that they're going to know Jesus not by religion, not by rules, but by relationship. To know him by his love. And so if you can put that there and then drop it on the back uh, in the bucket. I want to pray with you guys this morning as we close. Just a general prayer over everyone. Father, we thank you, God, and we believe that you've spoken. God, we specifically lift up the person that we've written on these pieces of paper. God, we believe and know that these, these are your children, and this is your, your son, and this is your daughter, God, and you've called them for a great purpose, God, and you're calling them back home. So, Father, we write down their names right now in faith, believing, God, that as we're praying, that you're speaking to them. As we're praying, God, you're calling them and drawing them near to you. And Father, I pray that you give us the courage and the boldness, God, to step out and live out this life, Lord. This life that is fully surrendered to you, Jesus. God, I pray that you change and work in us, God, so that we reflect Jesus to the world around us, God. The Jesus that we see in the Bible, God. Father, we thank you that we're empowered by your Holy Spirit to be able to take the next steps, God, and be obedient to you. We ask this in your precious and mighty name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.